You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast, presented to you by PHL Sports Nation and sponsored by Anchor. This is your host, Matt Loopy. I hope everyone is staying healthy out there, um, staying sane in this really, really weird time that's going on in our country and our whole world. Um, I know that there's not sports or anything going on right now. Most of the country is in quarantine right now. Um, shelter in place i know my county currently is as of yesterday so it's a very weird time um there's not a lot going on so i want to make sure that birds banter is continuing to bring you some content to get you through these difficult times um today i'm going to be talking to you about the running back group and the quarterback group this offseason so obviously miles sanders and carson wentz are top notch they're leading this offense right now however there could be some more depth added. Quarterback is a unique position where you don't really need people to or other players to back up and um, play every single game, obviously. Running back is a different situation. You're running three or four backs every single game, so it's important to have a little bit more structure to that backfield. So we're going to talk about what moves the Eagles can make to improve that backfield, but also what they should be doing at quarterback. Should they stay put with what they have right now or add another passer? Right now, the Eagles running back group is highlighted with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Um, these, This is the hottest running back duo at the end of the season last year, in my opinion. Miles Sanders was unreal after Jordan Howard went down with an injury, and Boston Scott came out of nowhere. Um, if you guys remember, when he emerged, uh, when the Eagles got that Monday night football win over the Giants, I believe it was week 13, 14, somewhere in that realm. I um, released a podcast clip that I recorded almost a year before that. And when the Eagles signed Boston Scott off the Saints practice squad, I was watching some of his tape, um, reading into him as a player. And I didn't think it was just another signing of someone that's going to end up on the practice squad or not be on the team next year. I legitimately thought that Boston Scott was going to turn into something. And boy, he proved me right. Um, Boston Scott is amazing in um, training camp and the offseason. He was really uh, not shown as much because Darren Sproles was coming back to the team and everybody thought that Darren Sproles was going to take that role again. But then when Darren Sproles suffers an unfortunate injury again, Boston Scott was the guy that stepped perfectly into that role. Not only his body type, but the way that he plays. Um, it's it's amazing the way that they're so identical. Because the Eagles value that kind of running back. Someone that can get out in space and make people miss. That's, I mean, their offense isn't um, always bombing 80-yard passes. And uh, also, they're not running up the middle every single play. It's kind of in the middle. You want to get the ball out quickly and let the playmakers do what they do best. And Boston Scott and Miles Sanders do that 
perfectly. I talked a little bit last podcast about how they're going to split carries. I think Miles Sanders is going to see about 60 to 65% of snaps per game. That's a good amount. That's more than most Eagles running backs have seen in years past because they run this running back by committee in recent years. But Miles Sanders is finally the clear-cut number one back. After he was drafted, there was a lot of talk that he was going to be the top back for Philly, but Jordan Howard was still well into the picture. Jordan Howard was traded for, still on his rookie deal, but was coming off of three really good seasons. His third season wasn't the greatest, but he was still averaging 1,000 yards per season in his short time in the NFL. You can't ignore that, and I, I had Jordan Howard as my number one back going into the season. And Miles Sanders is someone that you could develop along the way and use in situations. And that's exactly what they did. However, when Sanders was given a role to bounce back and um, have a bigger role with his team, he got rid of the fumbling issue. He increased his presence in the passing game, but also was a better runner. When he started the season, he was making bad runs, bad reads of the offensive line, missing holes, taking the wrong cuts. But later in the season, there was no evidence of that. He was playing through injuries. He was playing phenomenal football. Boston Scott, um, obviously very similar to that. He was playing really well. But Boston Scott is not going to be the lead back this year. I think he's going to have around 25% of the carries. And most of that being on third down or um, when they want to pass the ball and give Carson Wentz a check down. Boston Scott can definitely run between the tackles as well. He's a great runner which gives the Eagles a lot of versatility between those two players. After that, the Eagles only have one more running back. They did have four going to the offseason, but then they end up uh, declining Corey Clement's option on his contract. He was a restricted free agent. They saved a little bit of cash and let him walk in free agency. He's currently still out on the market, but I do not see him coming back at all. Number one, he has a terrible injury history these past couple of seasons, but number two, if they let him go just to save a couple hundred thousand, there's no sense in bringing him back and spending it again. Um, I mean, if he's he if he wasn't worth it then, he's not going to be worth it in a couple of weeks. So right now, they're left with Elijah Holyfield, who they signed late in the season this past year. Similar timing to when they signed Boston Scott. Late in the year, um, when they're trying to make a playoff push, add another running back to the mix. Probably not going to play a lot, but another body to have in practices and then carrying over to the next season. Holyfield was decent. I mean, he was pretty good in college. Um, He is a big back, a nice bruiser running back. Your typical downhill rusher has a lot of size to him. Doesn't have a lot of speed, but that's okay because Sanders and Scott have all the speed that you need. Um, He complements them really well, but it's not like he's Jordan Howard caliber of player that can take over the lead power back rusher. Um, Holyfield, if he makes the team, um, keep in mind this is April right now. We're talking about decisions that they have to make in August and September. Um, There's a lot of time between that. There's free agency in the draft between that. So if Elijah Holyfield does make the final roster, it's an uphill battle for him to get some playing time because Sanders and Scott, like I said, are going to amass probably 80 to 85% of the snaps. That leaves Elijah Holyfield with basically just goal line or short yardage situations where he can use that big body of his to get through the offense and defensive lines. So Holyfield, I'm optimistic about him. Um, I like him as a runner. 
and I believe it was a good signing because he was a good player in college. However, I believe there's other uh, other moves that need to be made, not just settling with these three guys. Obviously, you can't go into a season with just three running backs, but you also want to increase the competition. I think they could definitely do that. There's a few names in free agency right now and in the draft that they should be targeting. Looking at the players left on the free agent market, there's three names that come to mind. First, Carlos Hyde. He's coming off of a 1,000-yard rushing season with the Houston Texans, um, a player that at the beginning of the season, he was on <clears throat> the Browns roster. He was signed to a one-year deal, um, got a pretty good amount of money guaranteed as a signing bonus, and then they ended up trading him because they saw the Houston Texans desperate for a running back after uh, they released, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, um, but they released one of their top backs that they just drafted um, a year or two ago, and he had that uh, Dante Foreman or Freeman. Um, <clears throat> they released him late into the offseason. The Browns saw that as a weakness. They're like, hey, we can capitalize on that. We can go uh, give up Carlos Hyde because we know that Kareem Hunt is going to be on our roster after eight games. So pretty smart of the Browns, but they gave up a really good rusher. Carlos Hyde has been solid his entire career, but <clears throat> he really came on with the Texans for 1,000 yards. He's had 900 yards rushing earlier in his career, but I believe that was the first time he passed 1,000 yards. Um, a big milestone for him and a good season on the, on the ground. And when he played his former team, the Chiefs, um, this past season, I believe he had over 150 yards and a touchdown. Um, he played really, really well. Um, I like him as a rusher because he can kind of do it all. He has a little bit more power to him, but he can also take it out of the backfield um, in the passing game, and he can make people miss, but he can also initiate contact when need be. Um, he reminds me a little bit, um, thinking of previous Eagles backs, trying to compare them a little bit like a Jay Ajayi when he was uh, in his prime in 2017 in the Super Bowl run. Um, not going to be your quickest running back, not going to be your most powerful running back, but kind of in the middle. Um, he could do it all. He's not going to burn everyone for 90 yards, but he's not going to, um, you know, truck a defensive tackle. He's, he's in the middle. It doesn't mean he's a bad running back at all. He just kind of does everything, um, pretty well. So Carlos Hyde is definitely my top candidate. I think the Eagles can lead, uh, him in with, a, a probably a one, just a one or two year deal, between two or three million dollars a season i think that'd be a really good deal to get carlos hyde and uh you're knowing that he's not going to be the lead guy obviously you have to adjust sanders and scott's um snaps a little bit because you're not going to have carlos hyde only taking 10 percent of the snaps if he's going to be i mean I, I think he was 12th in the league in rushing last season and for someone to go from 12th in the league to third on a roster and only 10% of the snaps, um, I, I don't see that happening. So you have to adjust that a little bit, and the Eagles would have to go a little bit more into a committee. However, it's definitely an option to look into. It keeps Sanders and Scott fresh for the future and also utilizes a really good running back in Carlos Hyde. Another option that wouldn't lead the Eagles too much towards a running back by committee would be Isaiah Crowell. A lot of people were forgetting about him because he went to the Raiders last season, then had a season-ending injury. I believe it was, a, believe it was his uh, Achilles, and 
nobody really talked about him after that. He's on the free agent market right now, available to sign with a team. And man, if you just look back to his last season with the Jets, he obviously wasn't the best running back out there, but man, he had some really, really good plays. Um, he's a good back. He's got a burst of speed. He's not going to last. His speed isn't going to last the entire time, but he knows when to use the speed when need be if he's got to beat someone outside the corner, uh, but also he can slow it down and initiate that contact like Carlos Hyde does, uh, but he's a bigger body to do so. I really like Crowell, and obviously coming off that injury and just a dip in skill level, he's not going to demand all of that playing time. Um, I believe that would be an awesome sign for the Eagles. You can get him for very, very, very cheap because of his injury history and the fact, like I just said, he's not the top back um, out on the market right now. However, um, is Isaiah Crowell uh, a good fit for the Eagles? I think I would say he would be because, um, like I said, he has more power than Carlos Hyde, and you kind of want that in a running back. You don't want another back like a Miles Sanders and Boston Scott that can do it all. You need a little bit more variety. You can't just have four backs that are going to do all the same thing. Um, you want a guy like Isaiah Crowell, um, a guy like Jordan Howard that they had last season that can supply the power when you need it. Uh, that's why I like Crowell. I think he'd be very cheap, a good option for the Eagles. And the last back I said I was going to mention three. This last one, I think you guys all know what's going to come here um, because there's been a little bit of rumors around this running back here was Sean McCoy. Um, personally, I started some of these rumors last season. I ended up running into LaShawn McCoy at a Dave and Buster's in my hometown. Um, it was outside Harrisburg, Harrisburg PA, um, a town called Camp Hill, if any of you are familiar with it. Um, LaShawn McCoy went to high school in Harrisburg and uh, went to Pittsburgh for college. So he has a home in Harrisburg, is always in Central PA over the off seasons, was able to run into him. Um, he had his son with him and asked him for a picture. And as he's walking away, I said, uh, you know, come on, come back to Philly. I was uh, begging him a little, uh, had 10 seconds with him, had to make it count. And he just turns back and he's like, I wish I could, man. That's all he said. And he kept walking. Um, obviously, I'm not uh, the Eagles front office. I can't take that. Um, I got to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, obviously, he left on bad terms with Chip Kelly, so uh, obviously he would want to come back and reunite with the city. Um, can't take it too seriously, but that was awesome to hear uh, directly from his mouth. But right now, LaShawn McCoy is on the market, and um, a lot of fans are calling for him to come back to Philly. And he posted a message on Instagram, and Deshaun Jackson said, it's time for you to come back, and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, I I'd be very interested in having LaShawn McCoy back. However, is it the right move for the Eagles? I don't think so. I understand. I mean, don't get me wrong. LaShawn McCoy was my favorite player growing up. Him and Deshaun Jackson were amazing to watch together. But at some point, the mistake was made. Chip Kelly released both of them. It's surprising enough that the Eagles got Deshaun Jackson back. But to get both of them, it's a little bit too far-fetched from what Harry Roseman is preaching right now about starting fresh and getting youth into the uh, Eagles team. They can't keep bringing back players. Uh, they did it with Jackson. They did it with um, Sproles and um, Vinnie Curry. You got to draw the line. Say, you know what? Mistakes were made in the past, but 
nonetheless, we're moving forward. LaShawn McCoy, he's not a back that's going to come in and all of a sudden blow the blow the roof off this running back group. He's a really good back. He, he was starting quality last year. I 100% believe that he was starting quality last year. However, he's getting up there in age. And also, keep in mind, he was benched in the Super Bowl. You have to take that into account. Uh, Andy Reid is the guy that loves LaShawn McCoy. And he gets, the, he gets into the Super Bowl and he benches LaShawn McCoy. He was a healthy scratch. It's got to make you uh, make you think a little bit. Is is Does he still have it? If he, if he couldn't be active in the Super Bowl over Darwin Thompson, a rookie that really didn't play much throughout the regular season, is he the back that you want uh, immediately over a guy like Carlos Hyde or Isaiah Crowell? I think there are better options out there. Um, better options in the draft as well, which leads me into my next topic. Who could the Eagles target in the draft as far as running backs go? So obviously the Eagles aren't going to go out and draft a guy in day one or day two, I I would say. The first three rounds, they're not going to target a running back because they already have two really guys leading the group with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. However, once... Rounds four through seven come in at day three. I could definitely see the Eagles walking away with a running back to add to the group. Even if they get Isaiah Crowell in free agency, I could definitely still see them drafting a running back. Um, obviously, the priority will change a little bit. You don't have an immediate need, and also you can change the style of running back that you want. But nonetheless, the Eagles should target a power back in the draft, and there's three names that come to mind that come in the later rounds. First off, A.J. Dillon. Talked about him last podcast. Everybody's been talking about him in the Eagles fan base. He is a true power back. Um, he reminds me a lot like Marshawn Lynch, Derrick Henry, those bigger backs that can take on contact and run with it. I mean, he is a beast. He can take on anything, but he also has a lot of great footwork. Um, I, I like what I see out of him as a rusher because it's not like he just bulldozes over people he has his good amount of balance and um i think that would complement miles sanders and boston scott really well because if you're on the the goal line miles sanders is not the back that you want to give the ball to boston scott might take you two or three times they've tried that later in the season in 2019 trying to punch it in with boston scott and it it takes a while because he's a smaller guy aj Dillon, he will bulldoze through everyone um, but keep in mind, there's a reason that he's slated to be a day three pick. I think his reasonable um, draft stock is round four. I could see him going as high as round three and as low as round five. Um, but nowhere higher, nowhere lower than that. So between three and five, I would only accept the Eagles taking him in four or five because there are definitely other needs to be addressed in day one and day two. However, if A.J. Dillon is around, for one of the fourth round picks or in the fifth round, I believe you got to look into it. He's a really good player and can bring you that power. Another player a little bit different is LaMichael P. Ryan. He is another power back, I would say, but he has a lot a lot more to him than that. I, I think just perfectly matches up with a guy like Carlos Hyde, but another comparison is Jamal Williams, someone that can catch the ball out of the backfield still, but can still run it up the middle. Um, kind of do it all he's not gonna bulldoze everyone and he's not gonna juke everyone but he can do it all and when you need him to do something he can do it pretty well he can do anything pretty well um he 
played really well. Um, he has good tape. I was watching him a lot yesterday, and uh, I, I like what I saw out of him. He could complement Miles Sanders and Boston Scott well. However, is it enough? Does he have that um, true power to complement them, or is he just another guy like Carlos Hyde that can do it all? Um, I don't know. I think if A.J. Dillon falls through, LaMichael Piran should definitely be the plan B option. And then the last player, the one that I'm the most excited about, but is really far on people's draft boards. I don't know if I'm going to get his first name right. Sewo Alonilao. I've been watching him so much, but I still can't get that last name right, um, no matter how many times I hear it. But he's a running back from TCU. He is an animal. He has measurables comparable to Derrick Henry. Um, And the thing about him is when he has contact coming towards him, when defenders are coming towards him, it's not like he's always trying to bulldoze them. He just stiff arms them away and keeps going. Um, If he doesn't have to truck someone, and if he can keep his speed, he will do so. When I was watching his film, he was even returning kickoffs. Um, Nobody could tackle him because they're all special teamer guys. And he just has that variety to him. He was taking snaps in Wildcat. Obviously, college and NFL um, offenses are a little bit different. He's probably not going to be doing that in the NFL, but... I mean, he was taking direct snaps and running in for touchdowns. He was, um, I didn't see very many long touchdowns, and that's understandable because he's not going to be the fastest guy, but he has a lot, a lot, a lot of power to him. I believe he's 6'3", um, over 240 pounds or so. He is a big boy. Um, I would love to have him on the Eagles team because he has that true power back. He can't do much else. I saw him catch a little bit out of the backfield, but it wasn't contested at all. He was just waiting for a check down and took it uh, a little, a couple yards. But he's the kind of back that you're going to line up just for goal line or short yardage situations. And I believe he would go in probably round five or six. Um, it's going to be a later round pick so the Eagles can prioritize their needs and still get a really good power back in Olonilao uh, later in the draft. I just want to point out to everyone that uh, Sanders, Miles Sanders is the guy. You don't need to build a super group, super deep running back group um, just because everybody's so fixated about running back by committee. I think that all started when the Eagles brought in, I forget what what year exactly, maybe 2014, um, DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, and Darren Sproles, a three-headed monster. Before that, with LaShawn McCoy, Brian Westbrook, you didn't need a running back by committee. But after DeMarco Murray wasn't panning out, um, you start drafting guys, signing guys in free agency, there was never a clear-cut back until Miles Sanders came into the picture. So even if the Eagles do run uh, a group with Sanders, Scott, um, possibly Carlos Hyde or A.J. Dillon, very talented backs, Miles Sanders is still at the top. It's not like you need a fourth guy on the depth chart that's still going to play really well. You don't need that anymore. You don't need some... I mean, if you look around the NFL, their depth at running back and other teams is not going to be somebody that is going to start. Eagles fans are so obsessed with these this running back by committee that they think every team, or the, at least the Eagles, their worst running back should be um, like a Jay Jai and LeGarrette Blunt in the Super Bowl year. Corey Clement, someone that could run in and uh, have a thousand yards receiving in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's unrealistic. It's not needed. So if the Eagles don't get any of these guys that I mentioned, if they 
get just an undrafted free agent or sign up uh, like a Spencer Ware or Ty Montgomery, it's not the end of the world because Miles Sanders is the lead back and you don't need much else than that. Um, He's shown that he can play through injury. He's a tough guy and he lasted the full season healthy without missing any games. So um, I really like Miles Sanders and I think that everybody should be confident in him no matter who is behind him. So that's it for running back so far. Um, the Eagles don't need to make too many big needs. Like I said, Miles Sanders is the number one back. You just need a little bit more power behind him, and I'd be happy with it. Um, next up is quarterbacks, which we'll get to right after this ad. All right, so for quarterbacks, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's not a huge need, but something that shouldn't be overlooked. I'm just going to take a look through what the room looks like right now. Um, and any moves that should be made. Obviously, Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback. Nothing is going to change that. But right now, the Eagles have Carson Wentz, Nate Sudfeld, and Kyle Lalletta on their roster. Um, first off, I want to talk about Nate Sudfeld. I mean, we all know what we're going to get out of Wentz. Once we get later into the offseason, when um, we're starving for a little bit more content, I'll talk to you about what I'm expecting out of Carson Wentz, um, what I like out of him, do a little bit of film study. But right now... I mean, everybody's happy with Wentz. We just need to look behind him. So first off, I want to talk about Nate Sudfeld. Um, One thing that concerns me is the Eagles' trust in Nate Sudfeld. When he broke his wrist in the preseason after that, the Eagles were desperate at quarterback because um, the Cody Kessler, Clayton Thorson, um, I believe Clayton Thorson was the only healthy one. Cody Kessler had a concussion, I believe. Carson Wentz wasn't going to play in the playoffs because he was still recovering. There's no need to have him go out there and get re-injured. So Nate Sud- I mean, they needed a quarterback badly. So they signed Josh McCown. And when they bring Josh McCown out of retirement for $3 million, everybody knew that he wasn't just a camp body. He wasn't a camp arm to spread his knowledge for two weeks and then leave, go back to retirement. No way. If they were going to bring him back... He was going to be a big part of this team, which he was. But I didn't expect it to be the number two quarterback. Nate Sudfeld was barely active the entire season. He wasn't even active the playoff game when Josh McCown had to come in and play over three quarters of the football game because Wentz went down with a concussion. Nate Sudfeld, he is a guy that the Eagles loved previously. When they, they, when they brought him in, in 2017, they raved about him, said he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL, loved to have him around, had to snatch him off the Redskins practice squad as soon as possible because they wanted him around. Um, last year, they placed a second-round tender on him, saying, all right, a team can get him if they want to give up a second-rounder, but that's what we value him at. Now, this year, it's a little bit different. They were prioritizing a 40 however old Josh McCown is, over 40 years old, over a young Nate Sudfeld that has shown a lot. I mean, he's had to step in um, later in the season in 2018. He had to step in the preseason. They know what they're getting out of him. Um, even in training camps and offseason stuff, they talk, I mean, reporters have been saying, man, he's playing really well. The Eagles have definitely been seeing that. But if he can't even get onto the field with his jersey on I I mean I don't know I'm really confused how this quarterback group is going because I don't know if the Eagles are ready to put Nate Sudfeld as the second quarterback um taking a break from him right now 
Kyle Lalletta. Nobody, I'm sure a lot of people haven't really heard much about him. Um, he was a guy that they signed off the Giants practice squad. Yeah, I believe he was drafted by the Giants. Um, and they signed him to the, the Eagles signed him to their practice squad. They paid him the most out of all other practice squad players. Um, I met Kyle. He's a really nice guy. Um, but the fact that they paid him the most out of all their practice squad players showed that they prioritized him too. And they saw him as this, uh, you know, developmental quarterback that they could they can have behind Carson Wentz, possibly groom him, um, keep Wentz sharp, have some younger minds in the quarterback room. And if he walks, so be it. That's what they saw out of Kyle Lalletta. Right now, he spent a year on the practice squad. Um, when I spoke to him, he basically said to me, uh, you know, trying to make some noise in training camp next year and see where it gets me. Obviously, he's not going to come in and win over the number one spot, but he wants to fight for a roster spot and be on that active roster. Even if he's not active every single game, he's looking to be on that active roster, on the 53-man roster. Um, Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosher on Inside the Birds said that he's uh, beefed up a little bit. He gained some muscle mass this offseason, so he's looking bigger, um, looking really, really fighting for that roster spot. I, I think it's time to give him a shot. If the Eagles are going to prioritize drafting these quarterbacks or bringing in younger quarterbacks off people's practice squads like Nate Sudfeld and Kyle Lalletta, why not give them a shot? Why put Lalletta down on the practice squad again if you invested so much time in him and said these good things about him so far? I mean, chances are they're not going to be coming into many games at all. Wentz played all 16 games last year, and you're not going to need Nate Sudfeld or Kyle Lalletta. Obviously, a backup quarterback is very important in the NFL. Eagles fans know this the best. However, you don't need a top guy. If you want to develop Nate Sudfeld and Kyle Lalletta, give them the opportunity. That's the best chance to do so. Um, early in the offseason, when I was talking about quarterbacks on this podcast, I thought the Eagles should bring in a veteran quarterback. And I mentioned Case Keenum, who went to the Browns, and Joe Flacco, who is still on the market because the Broncos released him. I thought this was the best option, and I thought that Nate Sudfeld was walking in free agency. That's why I wanted to bring in a veteran, because I saw what Josh McCown did to this Eagles offense in 2019. He brought such a nice energy to the team, brought so much knowledge. You you listened to him after games. You listened to him, uh, what he was saying to reporters. He just knows football so well. There's a reason why people are saying that he should be a coach in the NFL because he knows the game better than anyone. Um, and also just his, his passion for the team and passion for the game when players are coming off the field he's the first one to greet them it's not another player it's not the head coach it's not an assistant or whatever it's Josh McCown full uniform um, and a hat pretty much every single time he's getting up in their face he's clapping giving them a high five and following them back to the to the sideline when Carson Wentz is coming off the field he has the tablet ready he's an amazing quarterback he's not someone that's going to be fighting for your time he knows that his time as a starting quarterback in this league is over. He's going to be a backup if he wants to play, but he's making the most out of it. Um, keep in mind that when he played in the playoff game, he tore his hamstring completely off the bone. That's a six-month recovery. 
So he's slated to come back in June, and he told everyone that he's going to wait until he's fully recovered until he makes a football decision. Unless he, If he's ready to go back and play the, the game maybe one more year before going back into retirement, um, then he'll make that decision. Or he could choose to stay into retirement. The Eagles talked about having him as a coach um, a couple months ago. I believe that will definitely be his route. Um, when he first retired, he was going to go into media, but I think coaching is the p- most uh, most compelling route for Josh McCown. So it's going to be interesting. I think if they're going to bring in a veteran right now, it's going to be Josh McCown, and they'll be willing to wait for him to make that decision because, I mean, Nate Sudfeld and Kyle Aletta, they're good enough to run that quarterback room behind Carson Wentz. They don't need to go and rush bringing someone in, in my opinion. I don't want to see them delaying the development of a guy like Kyle Lalletta just because they want to bring in another veteran quarterback. And another veteran, the quarterback that comes to mind, because I've mentioned him before, is Joe Flacco. He's a free agent right now. He knows the game really well, obviously. Um, has a lot of experience in the NFL, a lot of success in the NFL. Having him around in a role like Josh McCown had would be amazing for the Eagles only if Nate Sudfeld wasn't around anymore. Right now they have three quarterbacks, and I'm perfectly okay if those three quarterbacks make the final roster. Um, The only quarterback that I would be comfortable with adding in is Josh McCown. Obviously, when we get into the offseason, the Eagles are probably going to sign an undrafted free agent or a low-level free agent or maybe use a late-round draft pick on a guy just to bring in another camp body because you don't want um, Carson Wentz and Nate Silva getting all the reps and getting too tired. You need someone else that's going to throw those balls to the third team. So I think that they're going to definitely bring someone in at some point, but not somebody that's going to compete for a final roster spot. So basically, to review for everything in the quarterback room, they got Carson Wentz, they got Nate Sudfeld, and they got Kyle Lalletta. That is fine. They don't really need to do too much more. If they want to, Josh McCown, and that's it. Joe Flacco, I was fully on board with it, but... Now that Sudfeld's back, my mind has changed because I was conditional on bringing a veteran only if Nate Sudfeld wasn't returning in free agency, um, which he did on a one-year deal. I believe that'll be his last year with the Eagles. I think it's time for him to finally look for an opportunity for himself, but that was delayed because of his injury. Um, However, they like him. They like Laletta. It's time to develop that group as is and make sure that people are uh, those quarterbacks are completely in tune with each other and completely in sync and build that amazing quarterback group like they had in 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Um, if you read Nick Foles' book, Believe It, after the Super Bowl, he talked about how important that group was, um, how early they came in, how competitive they were with each other, how they studied film. That's what the Eagles need. And I think that they can achieve that with those three guys or add Josh McCown into the mix. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. Again, like I said, I'm going to keep bringing you content during this uh, unusual time in our society. Next week, on Monday, we're going to have a brand new podcast coming out with a new guest speaker. We're going to talk about the wide receivers yet again. Make sure you stay tuned for that. In my last podcast with my friend Nick Saylor, we talked about um, the moves that the Eagles have made so far in free agency gave them a grade, and then also talked about what needs to happen in the draft 
to have a successful season, so make sure you check that out if you have not done so already. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on social media. Ask us questions whenever you have them, and we'll address them on any podcast. And make sure you turn in, tune in next time for more Birds Banter. Go Birds! Stay healthy, everyone. Thank you.